So when I think about the word meeting, unfortunately, uh, what comes to mind is boredom. The word meeting just sends chills down a lot of people's spines. Welcome to WorkCheck, an original podcast from Atlassian, makers of teamwork software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello. I'm your host, Christine De La Rosa. On this show, we take workplace practices and separate the hype from the helpful. Each episode, two Atlassians debate how the practice should be applied. And today we're talking, you guessed it, meetings. As in, should they be the go-to for collaboration? Or should asynchronous collaboration be the new default? Joining me today are two fantastic debaters, Marshall Walker-Lee arguing for async. Another debate that could have been an email. (laughs) And Dominique Ward arguing for the meeting side. I think we need to have a meeting about Marshall's attitude. Unfortunately, Dominique, my calendar is completely full of other meetings. (laughs) Of course. Before we dive in, let's do a level set with a little asynchronous work 101. So the word asynchronous, of course, means not occurring at the same time. And asynchronous work is different from remote work. Within asynchronous collaboration, workers complete their tasks at their own time and communicate with their colleagues knowing they might not hear back right away. This means they rely on digital tools to keep everyone on the same page and moving in the same direction. And while this term asynchronous is particularly buzzy today, It's not a new idea. We used to call remote work telecommuting, a term that was coined all the way back in 1973 by a NASA engineer. Through the 90s and early 2000s, companies like IBM implemented work-from-home policies, startup garage culture picked up and distributed workforces became more popular. And according to a recent survey, the number of people working from home in America rose 400%, from 2010 till early 2020. And we all know it has skyrocketed since then. And now we're seeing more and more workplaces opt for asynchronous practices. But are they better than the good old fashioned meeting? Let's begin. Now remember debaters, you get three rounds to make your case. I want a good, clean debate, no low blows, and keep each round snappy. Dominique. Marshall, tell me, should asynchronous work be the default way to collaborate and meetings be the exception? Round one. Marshall, you are arguing that, yes, async should be the new default. How do you want to start? So let's start by testing a premise. Okay. Can we all agree that most sync meetings are a waste of time and money? Sounds like you've been working with the wrong people. (laughs) All right. Well, this is going to be a spicier debate than I expected. That's great. Well, I submit that this entire debate boils down to just one word, Christine, and that word is default. Yes. When we gather to share information or collaborate, are we making an intentional decision to work synchronously, or are we simply choosing the path of least resistance? Hmm. When meetings are the default solution, the inevitable result is a lot of terrible meetings. It's like that old saying that gets attributed to Abraham Lincoln. Sorry for the long letter. I didn't have time to write a shorter one. Mm, I don't think that was Abe, but 
I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless of who said it, the point is, if you don't have the time to plan a more efficient way of working, it's very tempting to just call a meeting. Yeah. On that note, I'd like to introduce my first guest, John Kim, a professor of organization and management at Emory University. And here's what he thinks when he hears the word meetings. I immediately think of a, a large kind of beige conference room with people who kind of don't want to be there. They don't know why they're there. And um, they're kind of just hostage to the person who actually called the meeting. Now, hostage is a pretty strong word, mm-hmm. but I think we've all been there. I'm definitely guilty of using meetings as a crutch, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Rather than thinking through the problem and crafting a recommendation, I just tell myself, well, we'll hash it out in the meeting. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, and that's bad for morale, and it's bad for the bottom line. You think about the number of people and the salary of all those people, and sometimes very expensive people, and you multiply that with the frequency and the duration of the meeting, the opportunity cost is pretty expensive. Here at Atlassian, our Confluence team discovered that companies waste upwards of, buckle up, $399 billion every year on unnecessary meetings. They suggested that 50% or more of all the meetings they analyzed were a waste of time. And John Kim says that meetings are actually a symptom that shows you something isn't functioning at your company. If you ever watch a cooking show um, like Top Chef or Chopped or something like that where they're team cooking, you can really tell which teams really know what they're doing because they don't even talk in the kitchen. And so ideally, you want to work on a team in a company where everybody knows what the direction we're headed, the process generally of how we should do it, and we should trust each other to get it done. So if you can imagine a restaurant where you have to sit down and have a meeting with the chef every 15 minutes for every plate, nothing's going to get done. Now, not every meeting is boring, inefficient, and poorly run, but plenty of them are. And we need to be aware that our workplace norms can accidentally incentivize wasteful behavior when we make synchronous meetings the default. Yikes. Wasted time and wasted dollars. You packed a bunch in there, Marshall. Now, in defense of meetings as the go-to collaboration practice, what are you bringing to the table, Dominique? Wow, Marshall. Who knew you were so frugal? (laughs) To be clear, I am not, will not, and refuse to defend poorly run meetings. Mm -hmm. We're on the same page about loaded Tetris-like calendars. But I believe a well-run meeting is essential for faster alignment and smoother collaborations. And I know we've all had seemingly endless back and forths over Slack that really should have been a 10-minute meeting, right? Yep. I'm head of design operations at Atlassian. And from a design perspective, synchronous collaboration is the lifeblood of design teams. (laughs) Many of our practices like design critique or design sprints are hinged on real-time ideation and collaboration. Right. My first guest feels the same way. Meet Christine Liu. She's the innovation editor at Harvard Business Review and host of HBR's video series, Christine vs. Work. The best meetings are magical. You really feel like, wow, we really powered through. We made this work together. There was no other way to do this. And you actually look forward to those kinds of meetings. And her team relies on that live collaboration. It's really important because we bounce ideas around. We have discussions. We get really divergent ideas and kind of build on them where everybody is just really trying to open their brains and go further and and try to innovate. And it's really tough to do it alone. And I think it's really tough to do it async. 
doing this work in real time is just faster. Doing it async often takes way more time and requires more preparation to make it successful. Now, I'm not saying there's no role for focus heads down time, but that can be done with dedicated chunks of time. Mm-hmm. For example, we have GSDs or get stuff done days where we don't have any meetings. Wait, wait, wait. GSD can stand for get stuff done? <laughs> yeah. But to your earlier point, Marshall, meetings are expensive. You just need to make sure you're making the best use of your time. Here's Christine. Sometimes you just need to have an expensive meeting because it's a big deal. There's something very sizable that you need to figure out during that time. If async were the default, building trust, gaining buy-in, and creating alignment would take forever. And my team would likely not be able to work as effectively as we do. It is often more efficient to have the meeting. Ugh, I hear that. And that ends round one. So, are meetings a waste of time and money or a crucial expense for deep collaboration? Let's be real. It's a case-by-case situation. But I do think for those ideation moments, sync meetings can be vital. And you brought in a guest with my name, so point goes to Dominique on the meeting side. (laughs) Marshall, how are you going to come back in round two? Well, I'm going to start by renaming all of my guests, Christine. I'll allow it. Uh, I'm glad that Dominique brought up GSD days. I want you both to think about how you feel when you wake up on a GSD day. You're empowered. You're in control of your own destiny. If you need to walk your dog or take your kiddo to the pediatrician, you can pause your work at any point. Suddenly, your work and your life are in harmony. Well, I am telling you, you can feel that way every single day. I'm sorry, Marshall. Did I just walk into your TED Talk? (laughs) (laughs) Well... Defaulting to async collaboration empowers individual team members to structure their work to meet their own unique needs and challenges. That's what's important. And during COVID, I think we all learned how essential it is to give our teammates more flexibility and more autonomy. Absolutely. But you don't have to take my word for it, because here is Jessica Reeder, a leader of the remote work initiative at GitLab, the world's largest all-remote company. And when she started there, she was used to working remotely, but she was not accustomed to async. And then fast forward to my first day at GitLab. So I had done my paperwork, the company had sent me a laptop, and that was it. That's right. At GitLab, they even onboard without meetings. So Jessica opened up her laptop and she found a bunch of documents to start off her journey. Those first few days were honestly disorienting for me. I would wake up every morning and I didn't know what my schedule was going to be. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go to work now. I slowly came to realize over those first few weeks that I had been thrown into the deep end of asynchronous work. GitLab was showing me effectively from the very first day that they trusted me to get my work done without micromanagement and without unnecessary meetings. To me, this sounds pretty ideal. If you trust your team, you don't have to babysit them in meetings to make sure that they're doing their job. I'll quickly add, documentation is another huge benefit of async work. Right. It means that all the institutional knowledge is accessible and searchable. And there's also a record of your conversations that you can reference later, which means fewer chances for details to get missed when people, you know, casually mention something really important in a meeting. Hmm. 
On top of all of this, the async work model creates more work-life balance, and you can work when you're inspired to, and you can stop when you need to stop. Hey, I'll admit, this is how I work. It's like eating when I'm hungry instead of adhering to three fixed meals at predetermined times. Exactly. Yeah, I'm the same way. And just to counter Dominique's point about collaboration in meetings, Jessica's found that she can collaborate async just as well. You end up working transparently so that people can see what you're doing. So all of this, you have to have a very low level of shame about your work. There you go. Open schedules and still collaborating. I'm not seeing a lot of downsides here. (sighs) Dominique, counters or additional points? To be honest, the work life you're describing, Marshall, while enticing in spurts, doesn't really appeal to me. Don't misunderstand. I love a GSD day. But if it were every day, I'd feel less connected to my team and frankly, a bit lonely. Yeah. It's one of the lessons we learned in 2020. We can't discount the social aspect of meetings, especially as more teams are working remotely. Mm. And while I love the idea of streamlining onboarding, starting a new job with a stack of paperwork feels a lot like being invited to a house party. And instead of being introduced around, you get a pamphlet. My next guest knows a lot about creating social and emotional safety in high-stakes work environments. Meet Carmen Medina. She's now retired, but she spent 32 years as a manager at the CIA and has since co-authored a book called Rebels at Work. Here's Carmen. We are social beings, and we use face-to-face, same-room interaction to develop assessments of each other and establish trust. And without that, when you have a crisis or a difficult situation, you will end up having not enough trust in the team to handle it well. The CIA might be dealing with different types of crises than the average business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But trust is always important. And the synchronous nature of meetings means you don't lose all the little cues you get from people's faces and body language. It's just not possible to develop trust asynchronously in the same way. A meeting allows the astute leader to read body language in the room, for example. And you see someone shuffle in their chair or laugh weakly. I would go, what are you concerned about, Joe? Because you can read that when you're in the same room. So much of how we communicate is nonverbal, and the weight of our words is communicated through our intonation and body language. And it's so easy for miscommunications to arise when you can't gather that information. Yeah, I felt that difference before, Dominique, because tone can be hard to translate to text. I get it. And that brings round two to a close. But I'm torn, y'all. Meetings do provide social value, but they don't necessarily have to be the default way to collaborate to still get those benefits. Mm -hmm. Plus, the async learning life caters to what each worker needs. This time, I'm going with Marshall on the pro side. Awesome. All right, time for round three. Marshall, hit us with your last point. All right, well, first I want to say, who wants to go to a house party? I mean, come on. (laughs) Don't we all want to stay home and read books? Christine, I saved my most important point for last. And here it is. Async collaboration is more inclusive and more humane. Full stop. Oh, wow. First, async work makes it easier for teammates to collaborate across time zones. Jessica from GitLab mentioned that this was one of the big perks of async work for her. 
So in the course of my work week, I'm likely to interact with people based in the Americas, in Europe, in Africa, Asia, Oceania, everywhere, right? There's no way we'll all show up to a meeting at the same time. But they can collaborate asynchronously and nobody has to get up at 4 a.m. or stay at work till 10 at night. Mm -hmm. Other than the time zone issue, though, meetings are not inclusive for lots of different kinds of personality types. Meetings tend to reward the loudest, the most confident, the most extroverted and critically, the most senior. Totally. Not necessarily the people with the best ideas. As they say, the person talking the least probably has the most interesting thing to say, and meetings make it pretty hard to extract that information from those folks. Here's Jessica again. Async gives people more options to communicate in ways that they're comfortable with. Personally, I'm not good at speaking up in meetings. I'm more introverted. I like to process, go back and think about something, and then come up with an answer. And so by then, the meeting is over, right? Or for parents or caregivers, async work can be a lifesaver. I know this firsthand. When my kid has to stay home sick from daycare, I know that my life is better and my child's life is easier because I can move my schedule around. And finally, async work is more inclusive for people with some disabilities and chronic conditions who need to work when they can, when they want to, where they want to. Jessica and the GitLab team did a survey last year, and they found that 14% of the respondents working remotely had a disability or a chronic illness. And 83% of those folks said that remote work made it possible for them to continue in their jobs. Asynchronous work allows people anywhere in the world with any schedule to get an equal say in decision making and to help move their team's work forward. Great points, Marshall. I feel like in the last year, I definitely learned how valuable it is to have a bit of softness in my schedule, you know? Mm -hmm. Dominique, over to you to close out the final round. Thanks. Before I begin, about one in four people in the U.S. is disabled in some way. And most, if not all of us, will at some point in our lives be disabled, whether it be by injury, illness, or old age. All of this is to say disability is not a monolith. Mm. So while your point stands for some people, Marshall, async life certainly doesn't work for all. And let's not assume that the 83% who prefer remote work prefer asynchronous work. There's this whole no meetings culture that's popping up lately, and I'm not buying that that's a way forward. Huh. It leaves many people behind. Not everyone can take in text-heavy asynchronous updates all day. True. Many people who are neurodivergent don't collaborate well asynchronously. My girlfriend has ADHD. She finds synchronous meetings often to be the most productive for her because having a sounding board allows her to iterate as rapidly as her brain is moving and align on next steps. Huh. And if async is the default, people who might need meetings to clarify issues or smooth out miscommunications won't feel as free to call one. Yeah, I've definitely seen that happen. Right? And if we're talking about which is more inclusive broadly, I want to bring back Carmen Medina, my guest from the CIA. She found that meetings allowed her to see and call out bias more effectively than she could asynchronously. She shared a story about chairing a meeting where leaders were deciding between candidates for a promotion. And somebody goes, uh, well, I don't know about this person. She's got sharp elbows. As soon as I heard that phrase, sharp elbows, I sort of could look around the room and I could see people nodding. And I thought, I don't like this. So I said, well, what do you mean? Give me, an, what is a sharp elbow? Oh, 
Someone with sharp elbows is someone who's considered aggressive or pushy. It's one of a long list of euphemisms and descriptions used against women and femme-presenting folks, particularly when we're in positions of leadership or seniority, or frankly, just living our lives and doing our jobs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that meeting allowed Carmen to read the room and call out bias in real time. If that work was done async, that comment about sharp elbows might have gone by without questioning. Sometimes meetings aren't comfortable, but it's a lot more effective to have uncomfortable conversations in sync. Totally. That's an important point. The live meeting is essential to pick up those moments that might fly under the radar or, yeah, have those hard conversations. Nice. Now, that ends our final round. You both gave me a lot to think about there. Dominique, you said before that disability is not a monolith, but that's true for any team of people. No communication style will ever 100% suit everyone. But I have seen asynchronous work be a great tool for democratizing collaboration, which tips this round and this whole debate to Marshall! I'm very pleased, but I will slack you my celebration later on my own time. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Nice. All right. Let's be real, y'all. You're both right. Meeting bloat is a real issue that slows down work and wastes time, money, and morale. But a good meeting is still essential in lots of circumstances. Here are some considerations to get the balance right. Now, it's become a cliche, but could this meeting have been an email? is a really great question to ask yourself before you hit invite. Meetings shouldn't be a tool to remind your colleagues to do their leg of the work relay. When we default to async collaboration, we have to intentionally sync up with our colleagues, set rhythms with your team. For example, when can people expect feedback? When is it time for sparring? When does the team celebrate or share lessons learned? Async work means we're responsible for understanding our roles in the overall workflow. So it's on everyone to be accountable to the big picture. And that's all for this week's debate on the new default for collaboration. A huge thank you to our debaters, Marshall and Dominique. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. For the transcript or summary points on this episode, visit worklife at atlassian.com slash blog. Until next time, I'm Christine De La Rosa, and this is WorkCheck, an original podcast from Atlassian. Thank you.